Welcome to the LBCF podcast. Our vision is to learn to live and love like Jesus, where we live, work, and play. To find out more about our community, you can visit us at lbcf.org. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by this teaching from our community. If you are new to LBCF, um, you may have understood or you may have noticed that we have a diversity of people on our teaching team, that it is not just one person doing the teaching, and that is very intentional. We have people that have a variety of perspectives and ways that they have interpreted things, and we all bring it to the table and say, like, Lord, shepherd us shepherd what you want us to hold. And so one of the um, awesome pieces that I have is that each week I I have the privilege of connecting with our teachers. And Steve Thomas is our teacher for today, and he has been a part of the teaching team since we were talking like we were, we're like the old, the old ones now. We are the OGs. We were like 2017. Um, And so I, I have walked with him through many seasons of teaching. And I've told him <clears throat> since the beginning, I said, if I have a chance to intro you, <clears throat> I've been telling him for years now, and I just have not been a man of my word. And today I'm changing that. Today I'm changing the way that I wanted to intro him as the biceps of belief. <laughs> the the Wesleyan, the Wesleyan quadrilateral quads, the, the traps of truth. The, the calves of Calvinism. <laughs> Sorry, you're all just going to have to endure that I have a running joke with him that I have to be a man of my word to, to bring him up. So I want to bring up Steve Thomas as our teacher for today. <laughs> it happened. Why? It happened. Why? Why? That's the only why. <laughs> that was true like five years ago. You totally took me off my game, man. That's why? <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Dang, man. <laughs> okay, okay, get it together, Steve. Get it together. Be a soldier. Get it together. Okay. So, good morning. Thank you all so much. Uh, by the way, my name is Steve. Take away all those other, in my mind, expletives. <laughs> and uh, it's just so good for me to connect with you all this morning. And so, uh, if I hadn't had a chance to to meet you, I uh, would love to be able to to, to do that. So, We've been on this series called, what is it, A Chef's Choice. So here's the thing, everybody. I've got good news and i got bad news. So let's start with the bad news. The bad news is, is that I'm a horrible cook, all right? I leave that to Barb. I leave that to Mary Trine. I leave that to my wife. I'm a horrible cook. The good news is, is that I do know a master chef, and he's given us his word as the ultimate cookbook. So I get to grab all the ingredients in that and make something happen. So um, with that being said, uh, there was a quote by Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein, we all know who Albert Einstein is. If you don't, Nobel Prize winner. He is the uh, father of, uh, he came up with the theory of relativity. And um, his quote was this. His quote was, strive not to be a success, but rather be a value. And so as I thought about this whole idea and concept of value, in my mind, these last few years, more specifically this last year, I had just been wrestling with the idea of 
Am I bringing value? As a Christ follower, as uh, someone who is partnering with God in advancing his kingdom through the spreading of his mission and his gospel, I always think back to the idea, well, am I making an impact and am I someone of value? And, and I would have to admit to you, these last years, uh, this last year specifically, the last couple of years, um, I've been thinking about this, you know, I have thought, you know what, I don't know that I am. I think about the transition that I've been through in terms of like, obviously we have all gone through COVID and, and uh, I think about transitioning, whether it be like, you know, family life, um, obviously, you know, Hannah graduating from college this year and her transitional, she's not transitioning to adult, she's a full-fledged adult, but it's now official official because she graduated from college. Uh, I think about my relation to her as it relates to a parent and, um, you know, how I have um, failed in a lot of aspects. And, you know, I always think, okay, well, okay, God, in that relationship, am I being someone of value? I think about my relationship with my wife and our family and, and um, as we're navigating these times from the standpoint of, you know, Hannah's an adult, she's doing her thing, and so it's almost like we're in this stage in which we're rediscovering each other and, and figuring out what it looks like to be, quote-unquote, empty nesters, even though technically we're not, um, but still doing our thing. And so in doing our thing, you know, I, I think about the ways I kind of mess that up or, you know, I'm not present all the time when conversation is happening, and I'm always thinking, okay, well, in this, you know, am I um, being a person of value. I think about where I'm at as it relates to um, my ministry and what I believe what God wants to do in me and through me and, and, and the people that are connected with me and, and the, the mistakes that I've made from the standpoint of not listening to God's voice when he directed me in this position and me going the other, uh, other direction. And I think about and I make the error of comparing myself to other of my contemporaries or my friends that are at the same place that I'm at, but then they have like, you know, these thriving ministries or churches, or they're doing, you know, a whole bunch of things that in my mind I'm perceiving that are making an impact. And as I look at that, I think about, okay, well, all that stuff in my mind isn't happening so much right now, at least not to the level of my friends and the people I'm connected with, and I'm always thinking, all right, well, God, am I bringing value? More specifically, God, with what you want to do in the world, am I being a person of value? And it took a head for me, or I came to a point last year when I was discouraged, I was doubtful, and I was at that point last year, which I needed some time off. I think I mentioned it a while ago, I won't rehash it, but I needed some time off because that was the thing that I was struggling with that latter half of 2021. And even to this point, I still struggle with that. It's just the idea of, oh God, with what you want to do in the world, with everything that I have going on, with the transitions that I have going on, and, and you know, those situations or those instances where in my mind I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, what I'm doing is not bad. Um, what I'm doing, you know, some of it's good, but, you know, Lord, is what I'm doing, is that bringing value to you? And it got to a point for me, it was like, Lord, I don't 
think that I am. And so I got to a point where I was like, okay, you know what? Like, there's no point. I might as well just kind of like go on and float through life because, you know, what I've done or what I've tried to do to bring that value, it doesn't seem that in my mind it has been making that connection or, or I have been that person of value. And I will tell you all, the verse that we're about to go to and look to, it saved me. And so if we look at the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 1, that's what we're going to be focusing on, Philippians chapter 1. Um, we're only going to reading the, be reading the first few verses of Philippians chapter 1. <clears throat> and as we look at that and we bring that up on the screen, Paul is writing this. He's writing this to the church at Philippi. Uh, and he says this, he says, I'm writing to you all, I'm writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church leaders and deacons. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And then this was the key verse. And I'm certain, I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You know, interesting enough, when Paul is writing this, Paul is writing this letter in prison, and he had a special connection with the church that he established at Philippi. Philippi was essentially a Roman colony, so essentially a lot of uh, the veterans of the Roman army, they pretty much resided in that area. And so when Paul, in his second, minute, uh, second missionary journey, went to this place, he established this church, and so he had a really fond affinity for this church. And so here Paul is writing, and as he's writing, I thought about where Paul is, and that, I'm not saying that this is exactly what he thought, but I'm just thinking if it was me in his shoes at that time, he's writing from prison, he can't get to the places he wants to get, because Paul's a traveler. I mean, how many travelers do we have here? People that just love to travel. Yeah, we have a few people that love to travel. Well, you know what? COVID was probably a tough time because traveling went to pretty much nothing. And so when we think about the idea of Paul being a traveler and just being out there impacting, touching people's lives and, you know, starting churches, and then it gets to a point where now he's essentially in a prison not knowing what's going to happen next. And as he's in this prison, I'm sure doubt is creeping in, fear is creeping in, disappointment he may be thinking at this point, well, you know what, I can't really do anything or I can't really make that impact that I'm used to making and being out there. And as you know, Paul, Paul was passionate about expanding the kingdom of God through the gospel. And so he was stuck in this one area. However, one of the things that happened or a couple of things that happened is even though he was stuck in that Roman prison, he still turned it around, was able to not only connect with the guards that he was with, but also, he was able to encourage 
though that particular church, as well as many other churches as he was sitting in prison. And he was responding from a gift that that church from Philippi had given to him through uh, Epiditus. And so based on where he was, what he was experiencing and what was going on at the time, considering his limitation of being able to provide that value, because remember, he didn't, we didn't have internet back then. He didn't have Facebook, he didn't have Twitter, he didn't have YouTube, he didn't have all that stuff. That stuff was irrelevant. That doesn't even exist. Nobody even thought of that stuff yet. But here he was in a solitary area, just pretty much him and the guard that was around him. He took the opportunity, rather than say, you know what, man, I don't know, you know, I'm not giving, or I'm not out there as much as I want to. He took that opportunity to connect, not only with the guard that was next to him, but then to respond to the church at Philippi. And because of where he was, he was able to say this, this first part, which says, and I am certain of this very thing. I am certain of God. He was certain because he was experiencing, he was experiencing what we're talking about. He was experiencing the fact that he was limited in his ability to make an impact. And so as a result of that, he says, I am certain. What was he certain about? A few thoughts that come from this particular verse. First thought, I am certain God who began the good work within you. Family, let me tell you, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you've set your mind and you said, hey God, I don't have my life all together, I don't have things the way I'm supposed to. You know what? I'm connecting with you because I believe that you came, you lived a perfect life, you died for all of my sins, you've taken that out. Essentially, you've, um, I was bent. Essentially, you straightened me out just a little bit, and now I'm able to have that access and relationship with you. If you have made that commitment, that is the time that God had decided to work in you. Not do the work for you. He, he did that already. He, he sent his son Christ to die for us. He provided that avenue and that way for us to connect back with him. But now that that's done, God is not the type that says, okay, I did the work for you. You guys are on your own. Have a good life. No, at that moment, God decided that in each and every one of us that he would work in us. Another thought that came out looking at that same verse. God who began the good work within you will continue his work. You know, one thing I like about this is this actually shows a characteristic of God. And that characteristic is the fact that he is faithful. But let me take it a step further, because when you look at the idea of God being faithful, let me kind of put it into more present terms, if you want to call it. Three, three ideas come up as I was looking at this word faithful. He's loyal. He's dedicated. He's trustworthy. Think about this. God not only said that he will continue or he has started his work in each and every one of us, 
but that God is dedicated, he's loyal, and he's trustworthy to continue that work in each and every one of us. Now, what, is that, what does that look like? Think about everything that we've experienced in our life. Think about the good, the bad. By the way, I'm kind of going off script here, but let me roll with this. Think about the good, the bad. Think about everything that's happened in your past. Think about what's going on right now. Think about all the possibilities that will happen in the future. Do you realize through all of that, if we are joined with Christ and if we have a relationship with Christ, do you know that God is loyal and dedicated to make sure all those things work within us or make those things work for us? Now, what is that work going towards? I'm going to say something that's pretty sacrilegious. It's not so that we can count how many souls that we've won. It's not so that we can count how many great things that we've done. That work that God is dedicated and loyal to doing for each and every one of us, that work is to make us more like his son, Jesus. You know, when we look at this idea of God being loyal, dedicated to each and every one of us, 2 Timothy 2, 13, Paul's writing to Timothy and says, it says, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Think about what that means. When we're not buying into what God is doing in us, when we're not feeling it, when we're not committed to God who is committed to us, he will continue to be committed to us. Why? Because he's loyal and he's dedicated to continuing this work in each and every one of us. That means that when we spend some time away from God, we don't want anything to do with God. God, even and then, continues his work in each and every one of us. No matter what stage of life that we're in, we could be retired, we can be just starting in the workforce, we can be graduating from high school, we could be going into college, we can be starting high school, we can be going into junior high school, it doesn't matter. Wherever you are, God is committed to making you more like his son, and it continues on and on and on, regardless of if we're faithful or not. Why would he do that? Because that's just who he is. You know, a verse that comes up, which was an encouragement to me in, in going on to this concept of God being faithful and him working in our lives to make us more like his son. Look at this in Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28, we all know this. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and called according to his purpose for them. 
Y'all ever, when you guys do like texting or whatever like that, you guys are testing messages or whatever, and as you're texting, you know, the, the, the stupid auto spell or auto correct like comes on and you know, sometimes it's what you wanna say, but other times it's great. Or maybe you're at the office and you're typing a Word document, you're typing it and you're just like typing 5,000 words per minute. I don't know how people do that, but hey, it is what it is. And you're doing that and you're making mistakes, but then what's happening as you're making the mistakes, What's happened is that it's being auto-corrected by the program in it, so when you look back, you're not making as many mistakes. There are hardly any mistakes at all because that is being corrected. Think about this concept. Why did I bring that up? Think about this. Do you realize because God is continuing to work in us, because he's loyal and dedicated to each and every one of us, even when we screw up, He's auto-correcting, he's course-correcting, and he's doing things behind the scene to make sure that we are exactly where we need to be. I can't tell you how many times where I've screwed up or I've messed up or I've thought I've gotten out of the perfect will of God. And, you know, growing up, I was always be focused on that. And some that, that are more mature in the faith have heard of the perfect and the permissive will of God. And we get all tied up and all focused on, oh, my God, i got to be in the perfect will of God. If, if I'm not in the perfect will of God, it's all over for me. But the, I le- realized going through that, understand that even when we don't get things great, get things right, because God is continually working in each and every each in uh, every one of us, because He's dedicated to each and every one of us being more like His Son, He's actually able to course correct and auto correct the course of our lives so that we can best glorify Him and serve the people within our circle of influence. Yeah, Amen. Yeah, Amen. Thanks, Dave. Right, Amen. I believe it. Amen. Because it's true. I've seen it happen to me. You know, one thing I realized is God's so focused for us, and I got it twisted. I'm thinking, okay, well, God, I need to be constantly in my mind bringing value to you and making sure I'm impactful to the people that I connect and I touch. That's in my mind where I was deriving my value. But God was telling me, you know what? Because I'm working in you continually, because I'm dedicated to you, because I'm focused on making you more like my son Jesus, that shows that you are valuable to me. Think about that. Because God works and chooses to work in us continually, no matter what mistakes we've made, no matter what circumstances or experiences that we've been in, God shows his value or shows that we are valuable to him by him continually deciding to work in us to make us more like his son, Jesus. Final thought, and then we'll... Land the plane. I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You know what the cool thing about this is that the work doesn't stop. No matter what stage of life, 
that you're in. The work doesn't stop. Hey, Barbara, I have good news and I have bad news for you. <laughs> the good news is that you're pastor emeritus, day-to-day operations. You don't have to have anything to worry about that. Give you some rest, hang out with John a little bit. You know what? That's the good news. And this is not even bad news, but it's even better news. Better news is that God is not done working in you yet. You know, I remember the church I went to, um, this was years ago when I was growing up. Um, those that were older, and I get why they were doing this, but, you know, their thing was is like, okay, we want to let the young people go ahead, and we want to let the young people serve, and we want to let the young people, you know, essentially run the show. And for them, they're like, hey, you know what, for us, you know, we want to rest. We don't want to do anything. And, and in my mind, I, I kind of, I, I mean, I, I get it. However, here's my issue with that. That's my issue with that. Because God says the work in us continues until the day we meet Jesus face to face. There's not going to be any more of that virtual stuff. There is going to be a point that we are going to see Jesus and meet him as much as I'm seeing and talking with Rich right now. It's going to happen. But until that happens, God continues his work in making each and every one of us more like his son Jesus. That's where the value is. You know, I was thinking about this, and I'm beginning to land a plane. I wrote down this thought as I was talking to you earlier about the idea of just the, you know, where I was at and where I was, where I was lacking. And, you know, I was talking with Cicel yesterday. Cicel's my, my wife, beautiful lady who's sitting in the front row, this side, with the white cream that's matching my pants. So, yeah. <laughs> I just want to make sure everybody knew. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it goes crazy over karaoke. Yeah, yeah, all that. <laughs> so... One of the, um, the thought that came, and this was after talking to her about this, and I'm, I'm really grateful to her for a number of reasons, but one of the reasons is for her specific prayer for me in this particular area. Because I've known, I mean, we've known each other, what, August, October will be like 22 years that we've known each other. And so um, she's been with me on the journey as it relates to, you know, when I was heavily in ministry until now and just throughout the transitions. And so... You know, one of the areas in which, you know, God has been working in my life, and I had to write this down because I didn't want to, it was, it was clear, it was clear that I, w- I would just need to write this down. And um, I really had to think about it. And so essentially, it's, it's this. And this is what God has been working on me to this point. I tend to judge my value by the amount of people in my circle of influence and the overt accolades I receive from them.
as I think about that, even now, as I continue to struggle with this, and even though there has been progress that's been made, it's a still area of struggle. But even in that, as I was focused on this and me thinking, okay, well, because I don't have as many friends as I did or, you know, I may not be a relevant or I may not be as active as I once was, God reminded me of that verse because at the end of the day, it's not about the work I do for God. That's important. That's, that's, that's crucial. Don't, don't misunderstand me. That's important. But that's not where the value comes. The value comes from the fact that I, God speaking to me, I am dedicated, loyal to you to make you more like my son, Jesus. So then, as we close this, this time, I just had three questions. Three questions for us to, to think about. And I was telling Ryan, it's interestingly enough, I can even see my teaching evolving from at one point saying, hey, you know what, you should do this, you should do that. You know, it's almost like that Baptist-style preaching, you know, the three-point plan, you should do that. I can't get away from the three points, but <laughs> at the same time, I don't have the answers. Because that's God's continuing and working me, and, and I'm having faith and trust that as I'm going through life, as I'm interacting not only with my family, my wife, my daughter, as I'm interacting with those as part of this family, as I'm interacting with people at work, I have to trust that God is continuing to this point and in the future that God is continuing his work in me until the day we meet face to face. So then as we think about how we're all invited to that verse, all of us, whether we're junior high, whether we're high school, whether we're adult, wherever it is, as we consider that verse and what that would mean for us, three questions come to mind. One, do I trust God is committed and dedicated to use every experience in my life, whether it be good, bad, indifferent, past, present, future? Do I trust that he is committed to use every experience in his work to make me more like Jesus? Second question. Am I committed to God continuing his work in me until we meet in person? Follow-up question. Do I desire it? And then final question. And this was the one that hit home for me. Am I okay with just believing God is working within me 
even though I don't always see it or feel it. So as we close this time and and prep for a communion, I'm going to ask everyone, if you're able, just to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to read that question one more time, but instead of the I, I'm going to replace that with we. So LBCFM, here are the questions God's posed to us as we consider his continual work in our life until we meet again face to face. One, do we trust God is committed and dedicated to use every experience in our life, whether it be good, bad, indifferent, past, present, future, in his work to make us more like Jesus? Are we committed to God continuing his work in in us until we meet in person? Do we desire it? Then finally, are we okay with just believing God is working within us even though we don't always see it or feel it? And God, how grateful we are that what you value is not the works that we do, although you have created us for good works. But you demonstrate, our, you demonstrate how much you value us by your continually, continual work in us to make us more like your son, Jesus. And so, Father, I pray that you would remind us today of our value to you, regardless of where we are in our lives, regardless of the experiences and the circumstances we find ourselves in, in the midst of our doubt, our fatigue, our fear, our discouragement, our disappointment. Remind us this morning that we are valuable to you. Continue your work in us. Thank you.